Okay, this is the Kitzer. We started to explain that Yaakov is uh, less than the level of Yisrael. Uh, Yaakov is Zah, Yaakov is Chol, and, um, and uh, Yisrael is Shabbos, Yisrael is the higher level. But we also say that there's a level of Yaakov that is preferable, which seems odd. It's like saying that there's something better about a weekday or loftier than Shabbos. But we now explain what it means that the origin of Yaakov is in the level of Zah, the way it is rooted in Abba Ve'ima, in the levels of Chachma and Bina. And this is that distinctive quality of Yaakov, that it can be Oila, can be elevated higher. How does this manifest itself in our Aveda? So we know that there are basically two levels. There's the level called the servant, and there's a level called the son. So on the surface, we would say that the son is the greater level because he loves his father. Therefore, he does his father's bidding because he loves him, whereas the servant doesn't really want to do it. He does it only out of year. However, there is a certain virtue to the Evet, which is that he has bitl. So we explain that there's two levels of Yira. One that's indicated in the Psuki de Zimra, where he's simply in awe, and therefore he's obedient. And then we have the Shema, where he declares his love, both levels of love. And then he comes to that superior level at Shemun Esrei, when he's like an elevated uh, servant, like Moshe is described as a servant, which is absolute and total bitl, and therefore it combines not only the yira of an eved, but like the Pasik says, yismach Moshe, the celebratory quality of Ava that is subsumed within it. That concludes that mimer. We now move to Dafai and Gimel Amad Aleph. The Alter Rebbe begins to analyze the statement of Bilam when he de- describes Mateva Lecha Yaakov. So we have a question, we know, that once Hashem changed Avram's name to Avram, we are never again allowed to refer to him as Avram. Whereas Yaakov, his name is changed to Yisrael, and the Pasuk itself, and therefore we still refer to him sometimes as Yaakov. So we explain, because there's two levels. There's the Yaakov level that brings us to the Yisrael level. Now this takes us to the fundamental question of what is the point of the Neshama coming into this physical body? <clears throat> the neshama, before it's in this body, it's in Ganeid, and it's in, uh, enjoying the Kedusha of Hashem. It comes here, it does work, it does mitzvahs, then it goes to Ganeid. What's the point? So we explain that something greater is achieved, like the superiority of the Balchuva over the Tzad. So this leads us to a discussion of three types of Chuva, two of which are covered in this lesson. The first one is that we avoid Ra. That is, we used to do bad things. We now stop doing them. And this is declared when we say, Baruch Hashem that used to be something else was dictating my behavior, my taivas, my impulses, whatever it was. And now it's Elikeinu that is dictating my behavior. Now it's Hashem. And that is why when it's talking about the sort of possessive, it's mine, it always uses the Elokim level. Then we had a whole discussion that it seems to also use the Havaya level. We explained that that's Havaya manifest in Elokim. We then went on to use an analogy that it tells us that Hashem is mitzamtim himself between the staffs that carry the Aaron Kodesh. We said, well, what do you mean? Isn't Hashem everywhere? But there, he's more noticeable. So this is the first form of truth. Then we talked about the second form of truth, which is, um, I'm sorry, that we, we talked about one other aspect of this uh, uh, first form of truth which is that our Averas block Hashem from sending godliness to us, like the Alter Rebbe explains in the Geras HaTshuva, that, that the description of Hashem blowing the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam, 
so too if I blow and something is in the way of the breath, it blocks it from getting there. So a, a physical item cannot block the relationship between a Jew and Hashem. However, the spiritual violations, the Avedas, they can in fact separate them out. Uh, and th this is, that, that needs to be avoided as the first stage of tshuva. The second stage of tshuva is in the Asetoit. Like the Pusik and Tillim says, no one does good, not anyone. What does it mean? People are doing all kinds of good things, but they're not doing it in the most passionate way. It's not oivet elokim. They are not um, transcending their routines. There isn't the passion and enthusiasm. And there's a great responsibility. As we move up higher and higher, we have a greater and greater responsibility. Because the higher we start off, the more deeply a person is vulnerable to fall. Like the story in the Gemara of Rabbi Yechanan, who said that if he goes for four steps and he's not learning or davening, even though it's out of exhaustion, people are going to see this as an excuse to not learn or daven. And just like we know that the highest falls to the lowest, which is why the less evidently uh, godly developed characteristics support those which are higher than them. That is, the soil supports the vegetation, which supports the animal, which supports the person. How is that possible? Because the highest falls to the lowest, the highest levels of godliness fall into the lowest into the soil. And that's why the soil can support the vegetation. So the second level of tshuva is that we have to not just do the mitzvahs, because we think, well, if I just missed out on a mitzvah, it's not so terrible. But as the Alter Rebbe explains, it's a, a missed opportunity to bring Kedushin to the world. And in order to make that up, it requires a far deeper level of tshuva. So the second level of tshuva is not only that we do the mitzvahs, but we do them by going beyond our routine and do them with greater passion.